Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of moms. And for many of us who are here today, because um, number one, yeah, they gave us birth and you brought us into the world through them, but they also were the ones who taught us about this faith that we believe. Help us to walk more fully in their example, to be people who boldly proclaim your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue our our study in the book of Acts, and today we're actually covering um, two chapters, chapters 6 and 7, and next week if you want to read ahead, read chapter 8 before you get here, and what we're seeing as we learn about the early church is, is a lot of growth took place, and why did it take place? There are three things that we've um, been learning about in the series that Pastor Allen brought to our attention first. Proclamation, persecution, growth. And we see in the Gospels how Jesus proclaimed the Gospel and fulfilled it. And ultimately, he was persecuted. He died on a cross for our sins. And before he ascended, he commissioned 12 apostles. He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and at the ends of the earth. What we see is that Jesus chose to do his work through common, ordinary people. He said to those 12 guys, you're going to change the world. And we see in the book of Acts how that took place. Just 10 days after his ascension, Peter preached, and 3,000 people came to faith. The church grew from 120 to 3,120 in one day. It began to grow and expand. Excitement filled that area. In a very short period of time, that church grew to over 20,000 people. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They were on fire, growing God's word, worshiping, sharing the faith. And things kept growing and expanding. But wherever the word of God is proclaimed, there's going to be persecution. Because the enemy is going to try to stop God's word from spreading. And we see that in the book of Acts. We've seen it so far. And today, in the sections I want to share with you, we see challenges within and challenges coming from the outside. I want to start with chapter 6, verse 1. It said, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. Notice it says the number of disciples was increasing. Not the number of members. Disciples. Jesus said what? Go and make disciples. You see, what matters to God are not just what people believe. That we grow in that faith. That we become strong in that faith. That we proclaim his message with others. It goes on, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. There were challenges within, disagreements, groups kind of bickering with one another. They got a challenge. Sometimes churches face problems from inside. And how do you deal with those problems? So often it's problems, the easiest thing sometimes is to pretend like they're not there. That's not what they did. We read on. So the twelve, the disciples, basically who served as the pastors, gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. 
Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This is very wise leadership. The 12 disciples or pastors could say, you know what? We've got a problem here. Let's take care of ourselves. And so often this would be the temptation for a lot of leaders. Let's do this ourselves. But when you begin to spread yourself out too thin, guess what? You no longer can do things well. See, there's two parts of the ministry within the church. There's a ministry of the word. Then there's a business of the church. The ministry of the word is about sharing God's word, worship, Bible study, communion, prayer. And the 12 pastors are saying, you know what? Our calling is to focus on what? The ministry of the word. Okay? We are not going to lose focus on the importance of that. We need to get some help. We need to find some other people to help us to do the business of the church. Now, the ministry of the word is a fuel that drives a church. Okay? As we grow in our faith, as we become disciples, it leads us into action, which in turn, the action leads to the carrying out of the business of doing the, the things of the church, okay? To serve and to be involved in various areas. And so they choose seven men to help them with the business of the church. In verse 5, the proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and the listing of the other, other six. At the end, verse 7, it says, So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. As they now expanded their leadership base, the church began to grow again. And more and more people not just became members, but became what? Disciples. People that were deeply in the word of God. And so this internal challenge they dealt with through prayer, through action, increasing their leadership base from within, and the whole body began to grow and expand. An amazing thing was taking place in that early church. But one of these seven that was chosen was Stephen. And now we're going to see persecution from the outside. And some of the Jewish people in the area, they're becoming increasingly jealous of this Christian church, which was growing in leaps and bounds, and their synagogues, their, their temples were decreasing in membership. They viewed it as a challenge. They see Stephen. And they brought some people forward saying, Stephen is blaspheming God and saying bad things against Moses. Well, Stephen got up in front of them. If you ever want to read a really good summary of the Old Testament, Read Stephen's sermon. I could read it to you, but it'll be a long time. It's a long sermon. He basically summarizes the Old Testament. You know, from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to Joseph, to Moses, and showing how it all points to Jesus. Laying out beautifully, um, leading up to the gospel of Jesus. But they get very angry at Stephen. And they turn on him, and they stone him to death. And as he's dying, it says, While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. What does that sound like? Remember Jesus on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When he said this, he fell asleep. Notice so often the Bible doesn't say he died. It says he fell asleep. Why is that? 
Because for we as Christians, there really is no death. We have life here, and we have life in heaven. And when we die, it's like falling asleep. We open our eyes again on the other side, and we're in heaven. And the last section says, And Saul was there giving approval to his death. The introduction of Saul, who ultimately becomes Paul. And thus begins a huge persecution against the church. Remember the promise? You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on. You're going to have witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I'm sure they had no idea that the, the way they would get to the ends of the earth is through persecution. That persecution is going to cause them to have to leave Jerusalem and take the gospel to other parts of the world. And so we see that even in the face of persecution, the church, the Christian church has grown through the ages. Now how does this tie into our situation here in the 21st century, a shepherd of the desert. And I see a lot of similarities. You know, in churches today, there's the ministry of the word, and there's a the business of the church. The average church in America is about 125 in worship attendance. I have a theory for that. My theory is this. One pastor can adequately care for how many people? About 125. I think for a lot of pastors, they feel that my responsibility is to do the ministry of the word and all the business of the church. And for a lot of churches, that's what kind of caps their growth. Okay? Um, in our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, um, we as a church are actually, there's like 6,000 congregations. There's only about 40 or 50 that are larger than us in worship attendance of the 6,000 churches. And a lot of Missouri Synod churches struggle to grow, you know, really large. And why is that? You know, and my theory is that there's sometimes, you know, too many pastors who are trained to do the ministry of the word try to do what? Too much of the, the business of the church, and they begin to spread themselves out too thin. And, you know, for the, just to kind of give you a little history of, of what we've, what's happened here at Shepherd of the Desert, you know, typically a growth cycle of a church kind of deals with the community. As the community grows, the church usually grows with the community. And then, for this church, many years it grew, and then it grew to about 500 worship attendants, and it kind of um, leveled off as the community stopped you know, b- building as far as more homes and so forth. And typically, after about 30, 35 years, for 98% of churches, guess what happens? It begins to decline. Well, God has worked through our church, and we've been growing um, to about between eight and 900 in average worship attendance. But for the last few years, we've kind of hit another plateau. We've seen the complexity of our church become greater. Our budget grow a lot more. Our staff grow from 25 to 90. Our preschool expanded um, exponentially. We now have two campuses. And there's people like, like me who are trained to be pastors who have to take on more of a role of what? Like almost like a CEO. I think it's been part of our challenge. We've been working very hard with our strategic planning process. And this coming Saturday, we really want to encourage you to be there at 9 o'clock. We want to talk about some ideas and some ways of how we feel we can run the business of our church better along with the ministry of the word and be more focused on, on both because we believe that God has given us the people necessary to really take our church and our school to a much higher level of excellence in serving God. And every one of us are meant to be part of that. And so um, I want to encourage us to pray for that. 
and how we can run the business of this church and school even better than what we currently are doing. God has blessed us in many ways, and I think we're ready for another big spurt of growth, but it's going to take all of us working together. But here's the challenge I want to leave with you today. I feel that we need to be more focused on proclamation of God's word. Okay, the persecution, um, as far as in our society, nothing like what they experienced in the early church, but I think that day might be coming. I think that around different parts of the world, there's open season on Christians. But I think in our country here, it's, the tide is changing. Okay? And we need to be bold. And when there's persecution, we should probably, this may sound strange, but welcome it. Because if we are truly proclaiming the word of God, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be persecution. Because Satan's going to try to stop things from moving forward. And so when it's persecution, we should start thinking, you know what? We must be doing something right here. But to be bold. And how do we proclaim? How are you proclaiming? Are you sharing the love of Christ consistently in your life? You see, it says in the Bible, and I mentioned this before, we're called to be disciples. Disciples for Jesus Christ. Okay? And how do you tell if you become a disciple? And here's a true indicator. Love. As you grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, you grow in love for God and you grow in love for others. And if you truly, truly love other people, you want what's best for those people and what's best for anybody. To believe in who? In Jesus Christ. There is nothing more important than that. The longer we are Christians, the more our friendship network is revolving around who? Christian people. Okay? I think it's really important for us in our lives to connect with people that are out in the world. Just to be there. To be available. Sometimes we think, I don't know what to say. If you analyze the sermons that have been preached so far in the book of Acts, that Peter said, and even the one that Stephen gave, um, there's four main points. Jesus lived. He died. He rose. He ascended. If you believe that, guess what? You're saved. In Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. So bring the gospel to people where they're at, when the opportunity is there. And I truly believe if we get ourselves out there more and, and get involved in the lives of more people, that God, the Holy Spirit, will give us the right words and the right actions at the right time. But it's a matter of stepping outside of our comfort zones. Sometimes I think we're so worried about political correctness. If you read the book of Acts, they were not afraid to share boldly and courageously the truth. And our world needs to hear the truth of God's love and of his forgiveness. And some of the best proclaimers I know are moms. Moms are amazing proclaimers of God's word. And, you know, when you think about, you know, the love of mothers... And I've shared with you before a story of, of a mom that I knew from many years ago. Her name was Norma. And she went through the adult instruction class at the church back in New York I was at. And she came to faith in Christ. It was a 16-week class. She came to faith. She got all excited. And then she began to take every one of her family members through that class. She took all her kids. They all became believers. Then she began to take relatives. And many of them became believers. Then she started bringing her neighbors 
And every time that class was taking place, I would look in that classroom, because the other pastor was the one who taught it, and she was always there with at least one other person. 16-week class each time. I want to make it even easier for you, okay? If we had a 16-week new member class now, how many people would finish it? People schedule the way they are, probably nobody. So we've had to kind of make things easier for people in this busy day and age. We have a class called Starting Points, and we offer it numerous times every year. And so here's my challenge. Like, there's one coming up June 12th. Think about somebody you know that maybe doesn't know Christ or somebody looking for a church home. Take them to the class. Get a free lunch. It's about an hour, hour and a half class. You get free lunch, and then they're directed for the next steps in their spiritual journey. And then maybe one of the class, if they're not like a member of a Lutheran church already, they will come the next week to the class I teach. I do this, this 16-week class in three hours, okay? And I talk really fast, but I get through the main teachings of the gospel. I've seen many people come to faith in that class. So just take them to the class. Invite them. Sit with them. Let them find out about this amazing faith that we believe. And that's one way of doing it. Also, I know sometimes we're wondering, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to share my faith. You realize that every week we have the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed. We see in there a beautiful summary of what, who God is. For example, the Apostles' Creed. The second article talks about Jesus' humiliation, exaltation. Think about it. It's like a clock. It's like, this is humiliation. He, he was conceived, born, suffered, crucified, died, buried. Six things. Okay? His exaltation. Descended into hell, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father, will come again, and will judge the living and the dead. What we see right there, a beautiful summary of who Jesus is. Just to lock it into your brain. But so often, more powerful than the words we share are actions. My mom was an amazing proclaimer, but not with her words. She didn't talk a lot about her faith. It was kind of a, she, was, she lived it, but she knew I wasn't believing. She took me, I went to worship every week. I didn't have, I had a drug problem, okay? I was drugged to church every week, okay? I didn't, not, I was drugged to church, but I, I had to go. I didn't believe until I was almost 19 years old, and I would go in my room so often, and, and there in my bed, there'd be like a new book. Number one was Evidence of the Bands of Verdict by Josh McDowell, or More Than a Carpenter. And there'd be Christian albums um, on my, my bed because she hated the music I listened to. And she you know, was so um, big on sharing faith in that type of way. And one of the main reasons I'm here today, and I believe in Christ, is because I'm a mom. And right now, I want to... Um, and share with you a song I wrote for her years ago. Some of you heard the song before. And I want you to think about the ministry of moms. And please I'll listen to the song and watch the um, pictures that go along with it. You were always there for me When I was feeling down You took me by the hand And picked me up off the ground Your arms were there to hug me You wiped the tears from my face And helped me to find my place 
Mama, you were there for me Every step of the way Deep inside my heart You will always stay You showed me the way To heaven above By teaching me about Jesus love He brought me to church to learn about the Lord and introduced me to the power of God's word How can I thank you mom For all that you've done Most of all for showing me God's son Mama you were there for me Every step of the way Inside my heart, you will always stay. You showed me the way to heaven above by teaching me about Jesus' love. Then there were all those times that I went. Astray. I wandered far off the path, but you never turned away. The example you set for me, a mother's special love. It is a gift of grace from our Father up above. Mama, you were step of the way deep inside my heart you will always stay you showed me the way to heaven above by teaching me about Jesus Moms are truly a, a special gift from God. Right now, I want for all the moms to please stand up. All the moms, please stand up. We thank God for you and the very important ministry you do in your families, especially to your children and grandchildren, and may God richly continue to bless you in your ministry of proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ. And in closing, you know, I just got back from New York City last week, and I was, did a wedding out there with another Missouri Synod pastor, and he was telling me the average 
church in New York City is 30 people. And there's 8 million people in that community. In L.A., there is about 19 Missouri Synod churches. And the membership, combined membership of these churches is not much more than the membership of our church. 10 million people in that community. You look at L.A., you look at New York, and so often you see the trends of what might be coming. And I say, no way. Let's say, no way. That's not going to happen here. The key is for us to be bold, to realize that what matters more, more than anything else in this life is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we grow in that love for Jesus, the reality is we're going to want to share more. We're going to want to proclaim. It's going to flow from us. That the most important thing for us to share in this life is the love of Jesus Christ. And may God grant that we can proclaim it like moms do, that we can proclaim it like someone like Stephen, boldly. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we see proclamation, persecution, growth. Sometimes we're afraid of the persecution. We're afraid of getting out of our comfort zones. Lord, help us to be bold, to be strong, and to realize um, the importance of growing in our faith. But even with that, the importance of proclaiming it boldly to the people you place in our lives on a daily basis, starting with our families, through our church, to the ends of the earth. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This time the offering will be received. You please sign the registers each of your roads at this time as well.